Let us pray. Heavenly Father, speak, for your servants listen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a poem by a lady who lives in the northeast in County Durham. Her name's Cynthia Fuller. It's called The Desert Speaks. They come with their heads full of miracles, revelations, 40 days to sort it out. Each comes alone. Each follows a path that is not there. Hears voices in the silence, starves, hallucinates what is most desired, most feared, burning. I have seen skin split, lips swell. There is death in the sun, death in the night. The wind blows away their tracks. Flesh dries. Beak and claw strip the bones. Skeleton burning. Tibia, pelvis, knuckle, rib scattered. Baked white, they desiccate, break down, fine grain. Beyond even the power of Ezekiel's God, White flecks in sand escape resurrection. The miracle in the earthquake is what they come looking for. The shudder of rebirth, bones reconnecting. Another go at the mystery, a different version. Do they think they choose? Ezekiel had a part in someone else's story. Would Elijah have seized on earthquake, wind, and fire, given the choice? Prophet has a ring about it, like visionary, Sybil. What about pariah, outcast, exile, derelict? Welcome to the wilderness, hermit. Outlaw, scapegoat, seer. No flesh is tolerated. The soul has many skins. In the fire of its flaying will be punishment or relief. Purgation, purification. The eternal desert of fear. The desert where all is stripped away. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, says Jesus. Those are words I say at every funeral as I walk in ahead of the coffin. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. I wonder if we pause for a moment and just think about those words. What on earth do they actually mean? 
Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you, Jesus carries on, believe this? He says to Martha. Do you believe it, Martha? Do you believe that whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live? Belief. What's belief? What is it? What is this thing that Jesus is asking Martha? Do you believe in me? Belief is fundamental to us, isn't it? What we believe shapes what we do, shapes who we are, shapes the decisions we make. What we believe fundamentally controls our existence. You may have thought that stories were things we tell children at bedtime. And they are, aren't they? But stories are far more powerful than that. Stories are what define the fabric of the way that we live. When you get up each morning, when you go to work, when you work on the farm, whenever you do whatever you do, why do you do it? Why do we live the way that we live? Why do we make the decisions that we make? Because they all fit a story that we believe in. Most of our society, certainly in the West, is controlled and governed by a story that we tell ourselves that if we work hard, we will earn money. And if we earn money, it will give us something to buy a house, to buy heat, to buy food, to keep us warm and comfortable so we can live. And that buying and selling that we partake in is part of another story about markets. We go to the mart to sell stock, to buy stock, to sell shares, to buy shares, to go to work and get paid. All sorts of different ways in which a story creates the fabric that we live by. A story we believe. That's why we do the things that we do, because we believe it. For too long, we in the West have been told the story that there is nothing more than this life. And so we kind of struggle now to see beyond the stuff that's around us, the daily grind of life. We struggle against common sense, it would seem, to think that there's something beyond our existence. Because for the last two to three hundred years, we've been told a story that there isn't. That all there is, 
is governed by the laws of science. Of course, science doesn't have any answers at all. As a scientist, I can say that all that science can tell us is a little bit about how things react. It can't tell us anything about why or even what. Because as soon as you start asking the question, what, what is something? The answer that's given always begs the next question, well, what's that made of? Until one gets to a point where one is left with darkness, there is no answer. What are atoms made of? Well, they're made of protons, neutrons, and electrons. What are they made of? Well, they're made of quarks and all the rest of it. And what are they made of? Hmm, don't know. So the reality that we're told about the life and the world around us ends in darkness, even for the scientists among us. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord, do you believe in me? Ezekiel's story, the Valley of the Dry Bones, was a vision. Israel at that time was in exile in Babylon. And the story of the dry bones was a metaphor for the regathering of the people of Israel back to their own land. It was a story of rising again from the ashes of the diaspora so that once again, they would be a people. As Ezekiel says at the end, with their own soil. The bones are raised, they're given flesh, they're given sinews, but one thing they still lack, breath. The breath of the Spirit, which if you remember in the story of Genesis, was what turned the soil into human life. God breathed into the soil. So this story of resurrection is about being breathed into by the Spirit of God. But it's a metaphor for the regathering of the people of Israel. But in the story of Lazarus, that resurrection that Ezekiel prophesied has been transformed. It's no longer a metaphor for the regathering of Israel. It's now been transformed into a reality in front of their eyes. I am the resurrection, says Jesus. Do you believe? Martha says, yes, I do. But actually she doesn't, because when she's told to remove the stone, she says, Lord, there'll be a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus says, do you not believe, Martha? You see, belief shapes the reality that we see around us. Lazarus is called out. He's actually physically raised. It's not resurrection per se, because he's going to die again. It's more a kind of resuscitation. But it's a foreshadowing of Jesus' own resurrection. 
but it's the work, as Paul tells us, of the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that then blows back into us. The same Spirit that breathed life into the soil in Eden. The same Spirit that breathed life into the bones in Ezekiel's vision is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And what's going on here is that here is a new reality that breaks into the world around us and says there is something beyond what you see. But in order to see it, you must what? Believe. Sometimes we struggle with belief, don't we? We struggle to believe. But actually all we need to see is that everything that we do in life is shaped by belief. For thousands of years, human beings have understood that there is a beyond what we see. We do still see it when we listen to music, when our hearts and spirits are lifted when we see lambs racing around the field, when we see the daffodils bursting out, and something in us responds to that. That's the Spirit of God. There is no explanation for these things. That joy that we feel, that wonder that we listen to in our hearts. That's the Spirit. And we catch hold of that like the tail end of a dream. And we say, yes, there is more. God's Spirit is here. And we choose a different belief. Because belief is in our gift. We don't have to believe what we're told. We believe what we choose. That doesn't mean it's a make-believe. Because the resurrection of Jesus happened. And that happening means that what we choose to believe is real, if it's in the Spirit of God. So part of our work here is to understand that everything around us is imbued with God's presence. Every life that we see, be that our neighbour, be that a bird, be that the stock that we care for. Nothing is an economic unit. Don't believe the lie. Every life is a gift of God, belongs to God, is part of us. Amen.